This is the Made For More Podcast. The health and wellness industry can be dogmatic and stagnant. We aim to explore what makes up the true essence of the human experience by discussing health, happiness, the human body, and what it truly means to be made for more. I'm your host, Jake Reynolds, along with co-host Lauren Sock and Mary Kathleen Toner. Welcome to the Made for More podcast. I am Jake Reynolds. I'm Lauren Sock. And I'm Mary Kathleen. Today we are here with Remy Onafade and DeAndrea Bullock, founders of the National Association of Black Physical Therapists. Um, NABPT is a nonprofit organization that provides a safe space for black clinicians in physical therapy, students in physical therapy, and prospective students in physical therapy. Um, NABPT aims to provide resources to produce leaders and well-versed clinicians who are healthy mentally, spiritually, and physically. They then want these leaders and clinicians to work to decrease health disparities in minority communities while producing a healthier society. I'm excited to find out after chatting with you guys for a little bit, um, how was NABPT born? So you went to school together at Emory, and then what? (laughs) Then what? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Emory, I think it was a class size of like 65 of us. Um, out of that 65, 10 of us were African-Americans. Um, at that time, I think we all were like, you know, one, did they mean to accept all of us? Uh, <laughs> or they didn't know all of us were coming. So from that time, I think we all knew, one, we have to make it out there because make it out of there um, to, to make sure that you know, they know for the most part that we are able to and we're not inferior to any concepts or misconstrued um, notions that we're not able to do the work. So we did the work. We got out, you know, that camaraderie, um, even though we did not, you know, hang out with each other. It was just one of those things like, oh, all right, we need to make sure this becomes in on a bigger scale. Um, And so from there, uh, Dee and I pretty much got into our, our field of work, but we, we had an understood notion that we're going to do this at some point yeah. in time um, when we're able to um, have the bandwidth to do it. And so 2016 is kind of when we started laying the foundation of what we wanted to do. Um, and then 2018 was the launch. So you kind of yeah. capitalized on that. There was a group of 10 African-American mm-hmm. Black physical therapists, and you thought, we can't let this opportunity pass us by. Basically, basically, yeah. It's also a point where when you hear the word minority a lot, it can seem to have a negative connotation. So just make sure that you provide a space where everyone can feel um, like the majority or just as important. And it can also allow for that room for you to be able to flourish. People like you and know that you can get to those different levels. So important when when you can feel comfortable and and where you are, um, that's where you can really thrive, right? So tell us how the NAVPT works. How does somebody sign up and what can they expect from membership? Um, So we have our website, which is www.navpt.org. On there, we have the membership tab, which tells you a lot about what comes with being a member of NAVPT. So we primarily provide networking opportunities. 
But on top of that, and as we continue to grow, we're also a lot of um, personal and professional development. We want to make sure that mentally everyone is sane, especially this year with a lot of things um, as far as social injustice and feeling as though you need to make a statement or help out with other people and seeing things a little differently, that we don't want anyone to be burned out because of that. So yeah. we want to provide a lot of those resources. Um, we also want to help prospective students that want to get into PT school. We want to expose physical therapy as an option for career um, and then just allow, well, if we can, help to develop more people and to get into more faculty positions just so that we can just feel like there's more exposure. Yeah, how, just curious, um, how many members do you guys have right now? So currently we have 376 members. Wow, that's awesome. Oh. That's really that's awesome. Great. Yeah, huh. only being two years old, that's great. Yeah, this year yeah. we definitely saw uh, an influx. So oh, that's just, well. Yeah, like, look, like it's like it's a beautiful thing to see, but at the same time, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like it, it, with that, were you like, wow, we have this grand vision and it can actually happen so maybe sooner than what you had thought it would be? And, and like, what what is your vision for, for this? Um, so basically the vision is to make sure that we include more visibility for physical therapy as a profession itself, but then also okay. making sure that we show the visibility in minority or underrepresented communities. Yeah. So, with that, that would help us to also be able to um, delineate some of the health disparities that are happening in those communities as well. So that's the, the big, broad vision. But among that, we also want to make sure that we're just offering more opportunities, more research opportunities, so that we can make sure that we are um, becoming more of a culturally sensitive profession. Um, so that we are also treating all people the way that they need to be treated as an individual. The main vision is also to, to make sure that we're trying to eliminate some like healthcare or physical therapy deserts where there's not a PT clinic in um, certain neighborhoods. So that's also a part of it. So earlier in the year or the year, I guess it was earlier in the year, but earlier in the quarantine, um, we were able to host a couple of virtual classes um, and we donated uh, financially to the NABPT and we were really excited to do that, but we wanted to make sure that we weren't being performative. And that's been really hard because there's not much else we can do right now with the pandemic and everything going on safely. But I want to know what what is beneficial allyship look like from white colleagues or white people in the physical therapy world? There's lots of layers to to this. Um, or where would you like to see so a company like Functionize, where there's three white people working there? Where would you like to see us start? Like what we could do to help NABPT or help you know help your mission? moving forward honestly i mean it, it starts personally first right so yeah. looking into biases first um understanding where you're coming from and understanding where where your lens is when you're dealing with people that don't have your background um yeah. so yes yeah, so, so starting there first um and then when you when you're starting there then you start to see more of all right how does legislation affect us um that's a big part of where a lot of the power lies with uh, with white people in general. 
Um, so counteracting a lot of those, um, bringing attention to maybe your circles that you are um, are dealing with on a daily basis as well to, to understand what you're now seeing. Um, and continue with education. I think start just starting with those steps first uh, would, would probably be very helpful. So like Dee said, we're, we want to make sure um, PTs in, in less, you know, in, in deserts, in PT deserts. Yeah. I mean, then you, you, you'll start to see like even with food deserts, you'll start to see that too. So if there's anything as far as like education, you know, with your people, with your circle and then making sure simultaneously, because I don't think things should be done, you know, in steps sometimes, especially with this, <laughs> um, simultaneously looking at, okay, what legislation affects us in healthcare? So it, you bring it back to functionalize, let's let's see healthcare-wise what, what affects us. And a lot of it has to do with more of insurance and, and so on and so forth. Make sure even with these fights for cuts, like we're probably going to be affected more. You know, and, and understanding that. Um, so I think that's that's where I, I would like, you know, a lot of people to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. I'll add on to that. Um, so even now, like I think every day I notice my own biases, especially like with different patient populations. And I'm like, why am I having a harder time reaching through or getting these points across so I try to change things around and I think that just comes from just having a collective conversation yeah now not everyone is always so open to a conversation because there is a lot of trauma and like um just hard feelings regarding race in this country but I think that it is like what we're having now is a great start to it I think also on the clinic level what I've been working on is our intake form and just making sure that we're trying to look at a lot of the different social determinants of health as, as opposed to just, are you having pain? Because yeah. people react based off of their backgrounds differently to pain. So just make sure that we're trying to reach each person the best way that we can. And then as far as NABPT, our mission is more so to be supportive towards Black and minority physical therapists, but we also understand that there's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, everything that's happened this year is just open up those lenses, the the different things that are happening, like what can we do to make sure that we're just being more inclusive? And I think it's just that, like looking at the things that you do day to day and you're like, have I always only looked at it from one lens or am I trying to be more open towards it? And then just reaching out to us, anybody else and just like, hey, I wanna talk about this. Is there some different ways that this can probably be changed that it can help more people? Cause that's the main thing, all in physical to help people. Yeah, so we yeah. should be collective in doing that. Absolutely. Well, and I, I like what you had said about even changing your intake form. Um, Cause I haven't, honestly, I have not really thought about that. I mean, we have separate forms for people that have different, you know, a, a, a pregnant postpartum mom versus an orthopedic condition, but I don't necessarily have questions for related to, you know, people's thoughts about pain and how race and, and ethnicity plays into what they're feeling. So I, I would love for you to share that with me. That would be great to, to be able to add that to our intake form too. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll send it because I'm working on it actively now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. when you put gender, if you just put male and female, that can feel a little exclusive. Yeah. Like just making sure that you're trying to make sure that everyone feels welcome to be themselves in your clinic. Um, so when when you've decided to create this, you know, NABPT, 
were there mentors or people in your life that really motivated you or encouraged you that you could kind of um, reflect back on and be like, you know, they were really influential in helping us take this to the next level. Cause it was just an idea. Right. And you're like, I, we need more, we need representation. We need to help people. So who, who can you reflect back on and say, okay, this is who, um, you know, who our mentors were. I'm going to let you start me. Okay. <laughs> we've had, we've had so many people, yeah. <laughs> but I will say that it started with some of our professors at Emory. Um, Sarah Pullen was a, a very influential person that helped us to write out the vision and the goals and the mission. Cause neither one of us are like strong writers anyways. Like we have the idea, but like make it look pretty on paper. <laughs> she definitely helped us and gave us the encouragement, even when it seems like, okay, there's, you know, a lot of different groups are coming up um, that are my, minority focus in physical therapy. And I think it's just because not everyone has always felt included. And so it's not a bad thing. Let's, all these groups can be there because everyone has their own different focus. But let's just make sure that we're trying to um, be very straightforward with our vision and our mission. And so she helped out a lot with that. Remy, I can keep yeah. going. You can go. <laughs> I mean, keep going. <laughs> um, so our board is very influential on how we were able to get things. So we had the idea and we knew of some other like groups that were happening, but it was just more of a um, social group, like social media. So we were able to comprise a board of a lot of influential people in their own areas, but also just being able to get all of those different ideas out and through has helped out and has been very influential. And everyone is from different walks of physical therapy. We've had some older physical therapists that have been in the game for 20 plus years to people who are just as young as us, as well as a student physical therapist. And so she brings in more of that social media um, aspect that I feel like I'm a little, I'm not old, but I feel like I missed some of that. So it just helped us to make sure that we're reaching everyone and so everyone can feel included. On the other side of it, I, I would say they're mentors because um, some, of, some of my professors I've had in the past as far as like undergrad, um, going to Spelman College, I mean, we're influential women, basically. <laughs> there are a lot of people that, you know, um, uh, push push the limit, you know, in, in our models, more of like changing the world, a choice to change the world. And, and that's pretty much what I wanted to do. Um, understanding the background of where we where I've come from and as far as being Black American and also foreign born, there's a lot of push to, you know, just do that, make that change, make a, make a stance in and try to make sure we have legacy. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do as well, making sure generationally, that there's changes that from the past, what we saw, it, it's, it will look different at some point in time um, with, with the vision that we have with NABBT. Because yeah. like, like Dee said, it's, this is more of a holistic group, um, trying to change different aspects of, of, of who you are as, as a person and not just PT. It'll be cool you know, 10, 15 years down the road as you guys continue to grow that um, you know, the organization may look completely different from, yeah. from where it is now, but like remembering kind of where it started and, and the people that really influenced that is so important. And what you said is to building a legacy, but that's really, really meaningful work. And so I'm just, 
I'm excited for, for you guys. I'm excited for what you guys are doing. I think it's really important. And um, I hope that we can be supportive in this and um, we're, you know, we want to be allies. We want to be people that help re- remove our own internal biases and, and really be reflective about how we can be a part of the solution here. So however we can help with that, we are really, really open to, you know, just being uh, listeners, encouragers along the way. So what, what is the NEBPT up to right now? And um, is there anything going on that we can kind of share with our listeners? Um, we have a lot of exciting things for next month because it's PT month. So we'll be giving out scholarships weekly, um, a lot of information on like why PT. So almost just, like, you know, like a promotional push, but also trying to make sure that that's an option for people when they're going through school to look into physical therapy. Um, also, we're going to do a video that kind of gives our whole talk about like how NABPT got started. And we're going to promote that next month as well. And I'll let Remy talk a little bit more, but we have chapters throughout that are also doing things during this time. Right. Um, so one, a couple of chapters that kind of just started now with like their meeting greets for New York, New Jersey, um, Southern California. Um, for New York, they're trying to do a voter registration. Like I said, we're trying to change all aspects. Yeah. Um, so making sure education about why why it's important more locally than even you know on the presidential side of of things, uh, just because that's that's who writes the policies. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey just got together with a couple of schools. Um, I think it's Rutgers. Um, and they're really trying to make sure that mentorship is going throughout, you know, all aspects of of uh, their career from pre-PT to, you know, PT school. Um, Southern California, <laughs> they're doing a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're doing a lot. And, I, and I'm happy to know that they're doing a lot because one of the chairs actually used to be one of my mentees. Um, so seeing him even grow um, to where he's what he's doing, and then um, the co- the other chair, uh, Cameron Brown, is you know just killing it with trying to pull in more people with Peds interests. Um, she's now a professor at a school, I think Cal State. I might be wrong, but I know it's a school. <laughs> um, and she's she's going to be the d- director of clinical education, and that's a big. That's a big thing as well, because a lot of times um, understanding like when we go into clinical situations, there's problems that happen there. And then having somebody that actually understands, OK, a little bit more of the background of where we could be coming from it is definitely helpful. Um, Texas, D.C., Florida, all of them are, are still trying to get off. Well, Florida is off the ground, but Texas and D.C. are still trying to get off the ground. Um, we have Northern California of Virginia, Tennessee, um, Georgia's also off the ground. They're doing a drive um, this Saturday. If you all want to all want to help at 1 p.m., they're they're connecting a collaboration with Bridge of Light, which helps low socioeconomic and homeless um, homeless persons within Georgia. Um, wow. Trying to give back school, um, you know, school utensils. So, you know, any, anything to help electronically, especially now, and they're taking donations as well. So on top of that, we just launched our each one teach one mentorship program, which is more on a national instead of like so local just to connect people. And then um, we have a, a leadership program that we will start next year, early 2021. 
And that's just going a little bit more in depth into the different, like, um, you know, bias, or if you want to get into lobbying, or if you want to get into faculty, like just different avenues to just kind of foster that. And I'm curious, so, um, and you, all four of you may know this, but for me and our listeners, what is the best way to keep up with like um, legislation propositions or changes that are happening? Is it through the APTA or how do you guys keep up with it? For the most part from the APTA, but I think that's something why we're doing the emerging leadership program and having the government bodies, like really um, having people that are focused just on that um, yeah. and, and making sure it's, it's not just found in one place. So as far as like APTA, let's, let's find this in many different places, especially locally, like go into your local area. So that's why the chapters are very important. I forgot about New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans is also chapter. Um, and Detroit. So, so going into each, each area and say, okay, this is, this is what affected us in the past. Let's go with the person that's going to be over it, like a committee as far as governing by a committee. Let's look at these policies and, and understand that. And then let's blast them. Well, we um, we put everything in our show notes and I will be tagging you guys on social media. And if you want your personal accounts to be tagged too, just email them to me. We're happy to do that. Um, we share on Facebook, we share on LinkedIn, we share on um, Google My Business. So like when you Google us, the post will show up. Instagram, Instagram stories, we send it out in an email. Um, so we're sharing it far and wide and I'm happy to also send you guys um, uh anything, any materials for you guys to share too. Um, but if you could tell our listeners how they can find you on Instagram, how they can find you on Facebook. And again, D'Andrea, you already said the website, but if you want to say it again, that'd be great. Um, so our website is www.nabpt.org. Um, on Instagram, we are nabpt. Well, nabpt underscore. Everything else is the National Association of Black Physical Therapists, and we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. You know, you can go through the whole list. <laughs> and we're starting our YouTube channel just so that we can post a lot of our Zoom talks and videos that people would like to look at again, because um, we've been doing a lot of things on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as like mental health. So all will be on YouTube soon. Yeah, I have to I have to say, you know, I mean, just being an entrepreneur, I love seeing strong women do amazing things. And this is really amazing. And that you guys created a much grander vision than you probably even thought from the start, right? And you have found the people that want to follow you and join your mission. And that's, that's awesome. This legacy that you're creating is, is really, you should be so proud. And I hope that, you know, you're, every all your mentees but even your kids are like look my mom is is a badass like she's doing a great things to, to change the future of healthcare yeah. it's exciting we, yeah we have to we have to definitely give shout outs to our friends that have helped us a lot yeah. <laughs> um, we we both kind of foster a relationship long term relationship with people from high school on that's continued to help us and they've helped with bylaws and all that stuff. So as far as like influences, those 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 two were influences to to starting and making sure we keep keep with the drive because um, they're busy as well. But they they want to help with our vision and have helped us pro bono. So yeah, yeah. All, all we've done is created like a vehicle. Everybody else is making it move. So yeah, <laughs> like no, let's keep going. <laughs> but in order for that to move, I mean, you have to have strong vision, and I'm I'm 
just in this conversation, so impressed with you know, the traction and the drive that you guys have in making this happen. So absolutely, um, well done. Well, this has been great, guys. We we so appreciate your time, and um, we just look forward to kind of watching how the NABPT grows and um, just best of luck in the future for you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it. All righty. Welcome back, everybody. We just got finished talking to DeAndrea and Remy of the NABPT. Um, fun conversation, really just super nice, lighthearted people who are uh, just taking the positions that they've been put in and, and recognizing the things um, within their uh, sphere that they can influence and are doing really important work. Um, so we just really appreciate being able to talk to them, learn from them, and, and hopefully be able to support them as they grow. Um, and totally right about, you know, we have a lot of health disparities in the United States, and there's so many layers and levels to that. Um, and, and some of it, you know, they're really well positioned to influence what their mission and what their vision is. And so we were just kind of reflecting on, so how do we as physical therapists within Functionize, how is it that we are influencing our sphere? And so one thing we realized is that, you know, as PTs and healthcare providers, we're all trying to change healthcare for a positive manner. So we're all moving toward the same goal. Those goals and those, those lanes just might look a little bit differently. And so one of the things we're really focused on, and one of the reasons Lauren started Functionize was to deliver the, or to change the way that healthcare was delivered from a quality standpoint um, and trying to get innovative in um, ways that we are influencing healthcare um, within ways that we can control. And so we're recently, we kind of looked at some of the APTA's suggestions on how the, people can change healthcare. And one of the things we discovered was that there's a big push for musculoskeletal uh, annual physical screens. And when we talked about this, and we talked about this on, on a national level, on a state level, and you know within our clinics, and we're just not seeing anybody look and, and own annual physicals from a musculoskeletal, stand, musculoskeletal standpoint. So you know, envision every time you go to the doctor for your annual physical, they check heart and lung sounds. They look at, you know, vital organ processes. They may do some blood work and then they may do like a super basic physical. They're going to check weight, height, and maybe, maybe do some strength testing. It's often very cursory and, and very poorly understood. And so we recognize that not everybody is taking, not or not anybody is taking ownership of actually looking at the way that people are aging from a musculoskeletal standpoint. So that's one thing that we're going to start implementing as a way to keep people healthy and change the quality of the way healthcare is delivered. So Lauren, talk real quick about uh, why this is important and, and how Functionize it is influencing the quality of healthcare. Yeah, um, this was something that kind of during quarantine and, and as we've seen, um, the people that have been affected by COVID, we said, we've got to do better and, and provide better for our clients. And um, so many people come to us and they've had those physicals that you were talking about, Jake, where the doctor does their blood work and they're like, you know, the doctor says that I now have um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or they have a bone density test and they have osteoporosis and they are really concerned. So 
what we're doing is having people then come be referred to us so we can actually get them on a exercise plan to manage those symptoms. Because if they are, um, you know, being told, okay, you need to exercise, but they have no clue where to even start, like that's a problem and it's really setting them up for failure. So coming into our office, getting a musculoskeletal screening and then setting goals to improve skeletal muscle mass, which helps to improve blood pressure and cholesterol and insulin levels or whatever their goals are, as well as bone density, that's setting them up for success so that they can manage those symptoms without being on medications. Because we know that with medication, we become addicted. We're treating a symptom and not the root cause of the problem. Um, so yeah, that is our big push. Um, and we see people wanting to be more and more proactive in their care after they're seeing the effects of COVID and their risk factors for COVID. Um, and just recently we got the in-body scan and that is really awesome because it actually looks at your skeletal muscle mass, your percent body fat, and the, those predictors of longevity that people need to know that they're on the right track. It seems that skeletal yeah. muscle mass is like a good, like taking care of that is like good for anti-aging because a lot of our patients who maybe are even in their seventies who come in or do virtual classes with you guys and, you know, they're over there, they're lifting the weights and, you know, they're using, you know, the sturdier resistant bands and stuff like that. They do everything they want to do. Like they have, mm -hmm. it seems like no limitations and they honestly, they look great too doing it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think both of you touched on really important things, which is, you know, in the United States, outside of an obvious global pandemic, we don't suffer from infection or we don't die from uh, bacterial things. I mean, th yeah. those are few and far between. We suffer from the chronic health conditions, mm -hmm. yeah. diabetes, um, heart failure. These are these are the big killers in the United States and for the most part are very modifiable. And Lauren touched on this, which was when you're given a medication, I'm going to preface this by saying this is not a, a rant against medicine. Like medicine is is one of the things that has, uh, you know, largely progressed longevity and health within, you know, the, the world. But for the most part, with most medications, not with all, but with most, you are giving up something. You're going to compromise one thing for another. And oftentimes you're just covering up the symptom. And so we know that with type two diabetes, if you catch it early enough, you can completely reverse it through exercise. Yeah. Things yeah. like hypertension, right? The, the big killers in the United States. These are things that are reversible that you don't necessarily have to be put on a medication. So before you go on a medication, obviously within the advice of your physician, if you just say, you know what, can I, can I try exercise first? That's generally speaking a better option if you catch these things early enough. And so we have to kind of get our head around how do we actually reverse the effects as opposed to just managing them. And then to your point, Mary Kathleen, muscle mass, you know, we know, and there's so much evidence, so much support behind exercise, no non-responders to exercise. High muscle mass is one of the leading predictors between preventing death from all cause of mortality, including cancer. This is really important stuff. And so what yeah. you're talking about is our clients who, and we've had multiple clients who we've worked with for years who, when they initially saw us, they didn't see us 
initially because they wanted to change their chronicity or look at the longevity. They maybe originally saw us for an injury. And then over time, they started to realize, oh, I can be a lot healthier if I continue to exercise. And so we really feel like getting people loaded, getting people to understand the importance of changing their body from a muscle mass standpoint, from a load standpoint, is really the thing that's going to keep people healthy and moving for a really long time. And one of the ways we we make that objective is through the in-body analysis, like Lauren was saying, was being able to actually objectively measure where people are at from a, a muscle mass standpoint, from a body fat standpoint, from a visceral fat standpoint, combined with movement screening, combined with balance screening. These are really valid predictors for how people are going to do later in life. So um, we're just trying to make those small steps forward as a clinic to be kind of people who are owning this. And I know, so I know working the front desk um, that it's accessible for people to see a physical therapist, especially here in Georgia. You don't even have to go to your physician first. Um, there's something called direct access. You can go straight to a physical therapist, get an appointment. You don't need a prescription. You can go for eight visits, 21 days, whichever comes first. Um, how accessible is it to get an in-body scan? So we have it now. Um, we just got it. But is it is it expensive to do or how does it work? Yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll include, you know, the the in-body scan um, as part of, you know, people when, when they come in part of their visit or their session. Um, if somebody wants to come off the street and get an in-body scan, it's thirty dollars. Um, to have oh, that wow. scan. And, but, but the, the, the cool thing about it is people love numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so it gives them a baseline number of where they're at and then a goal that we can help them to set and then actually show that they're achieving that if they keep getting tested maybe every six months. And that's what we're encouraging people to do now is they come in for that annual physical, but maybe they come every six months if they have really specific goals of building that skeletal muscle yeah. mass to see the change. And I've done in-body scans for probably about five years and I go every six months. And it's pretty awesome to see, you know, maybe my my um, weight doesn't change, but to see how my fat and, and skeletal muscle mass changes and I feel stronger. And, um, you know, for those people that are, they're afraid to go say hiking with their family because they might fall and don't feel strong. This is a great way to be like, all right, we're going to set a program up for you and you're going to see how much stronger you are. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that we also tell, you know, going back with what Jake says, they say, you know, the stronger you are, the harder you are to kill. And that's not just, you know, being killed from an attack. That's being killed from all these diseases that Jake was mentioning before. Um, Mm -hmm. So if we can give people that path where they go to the doctor and the doctor says, you need to exercise. And then the doctor sends them to us for that musculoskeletal screening. We do the in-body as part of that annual physical. It just sets them up to like feel that they're accomplishing something. And they're not just exercising for the purpose of, oh, my doctor told me to. It's like, oh, I, I can see the data and I see the results of how hard I'm pushing myself because my body internally is working better. Yeah, it's it, I will say anecdotally, it's been something for me that's been really important Um, And I'll just kind of tell like a brief background story. So about two years ago, I was um, really struggling with a lot of head, neck, facial pain. And I had realized that I was just working myself way too hard. I had gotten out of the gym. And for somebody who has been as active um, as I have my whole life and for my my workouts routines to just completely take a nosedive, I got out of the gym. I was dealing with head, neck, facial pain on a daily basis. Sleeping was painful. 
every single day was just, I was pretty miserable for, for several months. And I went and did an in-body scan and, and found that my muscle mass was about 46% uh, of my total, uh, total body uh, weight. So, and, and for most people, for females, we want muscle mass to be about 45%. For males, we want it to be closer to 50%. And ideally, both get north of 50%. Um, and so that was such a good objective understanding for me to say, you know what, like maybe you feel that like your, your head and neck pain is out of control or, you know, something that you don't necessarily know how to influence, but like, here's an objective number that I know that I can work on. And so I just started getting back in the gym. I started doing orange theory. I started lifting more and over time that head and neck pain just disappeared and it's gone. It, I haven't experienced it since then. Um, and it, from, from going from something that I was dealing with every single day to just changing my routines and then using that as a catalyst to kind of move forward, I then consequently also saw some chronic back pain that I've dealt with for over 10 years be much more manageable where I felt like I could understand it and saw pretty positive correlation between when I was active and when I wasn't. And I have seen over the past two years of just doing in-body consistently that my muscle mass has gotten above 50% and I'm definitely feeling better as a whole because of that. Um, yeah. So that, that's just a sort of personal anecdote where I say, okay, this is something that I know people can latch onto, that we know we can make it objective and measurable for people to actually feel like they're making um, meaningful progress. So we're looking forward to implementing that with our clients. And this again is just one way that we feel like we can positively influence healthcare and, and change people's trajectory um, regardless of where they are. So our tip of the day. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> our tip of the day. If you have a pain, if you are feel like you are not moving as well as you could, we encourage you because we have direct access in Georgia to see a physical therapist first. You don't need a prescription from your doctor. Your insurance will pay for it. Um, and you come and we will do that movement screen. And part of it is kind of the physical piece of it, doing that annual physical. And a lot of times people, their pain goes away and they don't need to see the doctor. They save money. They save time because they're not going to the primary care physician who most of the time will prescribe medication because you're coming in for pain and you prescribe medication for pain. But maybe you just need to move better and get stronger, like we said, with skeletal muscle mass. But we are the experts in movement and so many of painful conditions are movement related and it can only benefit you by coming in and getting the education that we will give you in that first session. So see a physical therapist first and we will direct you to your uh, the appropriate physician based off of our findings. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you learned a little bit about the NABPT as well as how um, PTs and, and our clinic are trying to influence and change healthcare in a positive manner. We will see you next time. <laughs>